So, and what I learned from being different is that despite all the melting pot themes that are popularized by America, at deeper levels, they're very much rooted in their traditions, unlike us who are actually a deracinated lot in pursuit of fitting into their framework. So I'll just read out a quote on, on this subject. It says, but beneath the veneer of popular culture, the foundation of the West, especially with respect to its Judeo-Christian roots, remains largely unchanged. In the Western institutions, where power resides, one finds little evidence of boundaries being erased. For instance, the US government's foreign policy is designed to retain superiority and protect what is specifically in its interests. So you allude to concepts like popular culture and deep culture. So could you tell us what these concepts are? Yeah. You know, it's very deceptive. Indians who don't understand the West uh, will say, okay, but you know, they're, they're eating all the Indian food, they eat with their hand also, they yeah. go for a sitar recital, they have bindi. Okay. Now that is popular culture. Okay. So in the, in the realm of popular culture, uh, it's okay. Everybody is picking up things from everybody else. But there is something called deep culture, which is their equivalent of our Vedic culture. The, every American child is taught, you know, who are the founding fathers, uh, something called American exceptionalism. Okay. American exceptionalism is a term that says we are the exceptional people of the whole world. Okay, so every child has to know what is meant by ex American exceptionalism. So this, these deep culture and the sense of superiority are there. Okay. And these, and they have very solid institutions. They have church institutions, they have think tanks, they have a very solid educational program, a lot of civic society, a lot of NGOs, foundations, the government itself. So these are very old and very robust. The, you know, whatever scandal may happen in America, it does not affect the deep institutions. Okay. The deep institutions are very solid. Okay. Whatever scandal may happen to the Pope also or some bishops are caught doing some sex scandal and all that. But the church, the Vatican did not collapse. Yeah. Okay. Vatican can have thousands of, there are thousands of scandals like that. Yeah. Yeah. But their Vatican is a robust, solid, robust institution. So they have the, what protects the deep culture, the deep civilization of these countries is they have robust institutions. Right. They have learned how to build institutions. We have not built such solid institutions. Right. That's the problem. So if you had very solid institutions protecting our deep civilization, then popular level we could play games and be at liberty and go do whatever because it would, we would not be vulnerable. Our foundation would be solid. Protecting our roots. Protecting our roots. So Rajivji, what is your take on modern Hindu global gurus like say Sri Sri Ravi Shankar or Sadhguru? Like millennials seem to like the idea of global gurus over traditional gurus like say the Jagat gurus of Kanchi or Sringeri. Why is that so? You know, the the modern multinational gurus, yeah. okay, yeah. do play a role yeah. because they bring the alienated Hindu back uh, mm -hmm. in a way that is more acceptable. Yeah. Uh, the difference anxiety, you mm -hmm. don't have to overcome too much. You can still be very westernized yeah. and you don't have to deal with murti. You don't have to deal with things that you don't like. And you can come and do some meditation and some breathing and feel good. And yeah. so you feel very proud, you do some yoga, you feel very proud, you're helping poor people, you get involved in some cause like that, you feel very proud. These are things that are very westernized also. So, they, so you, you don't have any, uh, any sense of shame in front of your western friends. Oh. And you can be very proud that, you know, I'm going to helping those poor people today. Yeah. And you know, I've done my yoga today and so on. I'm vegetarian. These are cool things. Yeah. So, uh, whereas the orthodoxy, the tradition, also 
demands more. Yeah. So, for instance, agamas. Agamas are the actual rituals, how they are done. And whether you have a coconut and you have milk here and you have this ritual going on, that to the Westerners is weird. Okay. And it's very pagan. It's what they destroyed. The Christianity to spread itself destroyed all of that. So this reminds them, this Hindu stuff reminds them of that which they dismissed as very primitive and bad and evil and to be destroyed. So the Hindu is embarrassed of these kind of things. Oh. So, you know, when you, if they were to take their uh, uh, white girlfriend or boyfriend or somebody to the Shingeri Mutt, they would feel, yeah. you know, they have to wear the dhoti, right. they have to go, you know, all of this stuff. So they feel very, uh, you know, embarrassed. Right. Yeah. But they take him to Sri ashram, then, you know, you can just go do whatever, you know, you just yeah. be cool, you know, we're just cool, you know. Right. Uh, so it's kind of, so I think that is a matter of difference anxiety also. Yeah. Because right. the, the global gurus have understood the psychology yeah. that we don't, we don't want to push their difference anxiety too much. We'll, we'll tell them that you can keep doing whatever you're doing, doing. and just come here. Oh. It's good for business right. because they understand their client. So it's good for revenue, yeah. good for business. They can make good money and they can expand. Now, I think they play a role. It's, a, it's an important role they're playing. Yeah. Uh, but my feeling is that these global gurus are also quite limited in their understanding of the Kurukshetra. Right. Uh, when I try to interview them, they change the topic. There are some of them. One of the very important gurus doesn't want to give me an interview because he doesn't want to face these issues. He, he keeps vacillating his views on whether yoga is related to Hinduism or not related to Hinduism. Sometimes he says this, sometimes he says that, yeah. which is very wrong because he sends confusing signals right. depending on who he wants to impress. If he wants to impress a certain group that might give him the nominating for the Nobel Prize, he'll say certain things. Then when some Hindus come, he'll say something else. So, some gurus are like that. Others will interview, uh, they will, but they'll, they'll, uh, they'll do it in front of a big gala meeting with a thousand uh, of their followers and uh, dilute the conversation rather than a private conversation where we can sit for an hour and get into deep issues. They won't, don't want to do that. Right. Because when they're in front of their large gathering, they can quickly change the subject. They can start talking about whatever and people will clap. And yeah. then that way they can shift the topic away from what, what I'm drilling down. No. When they think I'm drilling down too much, they have a t trick to change the topic. Or yeah. announce ke haa, ja ke haa, bhojan khayenge. We'll eat, you know. Yeah. So they are, they are avoiding. Yeah. Very few of these global gurus yeah. are actually able to deal with the real issues when I raise them. Yeah. So, and you know, their clout is so huge. Yeah. That if they take a position, it's most Hindus follow it. Yeah. Because we don't have the we don't have the tradition of purva paksha where I should be able to go and debate these right. guys. That is what we are supposed to be able to do with the gurus also. Right. I mean, Arjun is great uh, debating and discussing with Krishna also. Krishna. So exactly. there's nothing wrong with that. So it's not blind faith oriented. Right. So I feel that the while the global gurus do serve a very important uh, purpose, bringing alienated Hindus back, right. too much power and too much uh, absolute power also kind of limits our ability to go beyond what the global gurus are offering. Right. We need to, for elementary level, they are very good. For intermediate level, they begin to limit, they are limited. Yeah. But for advanced seekers, I think for advanced seekers, who are particularly those who want to engage the, so, the social, cultural, political world of Kurukshetra, the global gurus are not on par at all. Right. Because they don't have, now, nor are the, actually, nor are the traditional gurus understanding the West. Yeah. The the traditional gurus learnt how to debate Buddhist or how to debate some you know a particular uh, darshan of the past, but 
the, what Shankaracharya was debating was not Marxism today. He was not debating postmodernism. He was not debating Christianity or Islam. But today's challenges in the Kurukshetra involve all these things. So we need people who can also debate them right. and, and answer the questions for our people so that our people are, not, are, are strong and not weak when facing all this. Right. So what I learn is that our traditional gurus have not diluted the traditions. They are very much rooted, but they must also be scared to raise their voices because they don't want to fall into that web of being attacked by the West. They should not be scared to raise their voices. Exactly. And for that, in the curriculum, where they are training traditional gurus, yeah. the curriculum, they should teach Western thought and how to respond. Right. I mean, I have offered, I'll come and teach a one semester course to all your sadhus. Right. I've offered that. Oh. And they say they talk a little bit once in a while, they'll do a little uh, thing, but then they will not go deep enough. <laughs>